0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you with another week of uh, Isaiah 61. Uh, You know, sometimes periodically, you know, I have to remind myself, you know, uh, you know why uh, I do a radio program Uh, is not so much as to draw attention unto our church, Spirit of the Lord Church, but it is to draw attention to the fact that, you know, you don't have to be uh, a a big ministry uh, to have uh, uh, some kind of media impact. You know, and uh, we, you know, chose uh, radio. I mean, because, you know, it definitely, it was definitely the lower cost option, uh, but it just gives a a time for us to let people know what God is doing in our community. You know, a lot of times people hear the news and you just think that nothing good is going on in our urban centers, but, uh, but you know, there's some good things going on and God has some real committed, powerful individuals who are out here doing ministry. And we like to bring them on the show, share them with what they're doing and, and how they're it. Uh, we ourselves are, you know, trying to impact our emphasis as youth. Uh, and and definitely youth in the form of leadership. We we want to create leaders. We're not interested in uh, babysitting. Uh, I'm not interested in uh, numbers or getting somebody to cry to altar and get saved. Uh, I'm interested in them becoming the leader. Yeah, you know I mean, and leadership uh, and Christ likeness to me are synonymous. You're not going to be the leader you're called to be unless you bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, discipleship process is a, a real important process in our grooming of our leaders, our young leaders that we have. And the unique thing about what we do is that we let young people lead. We actually let young people lead. I mean, you heard my son uh, do the radio broadcast. You've heard other young leaders take my spot, do the radio broadcast. Uh, you know, I, didn't, I did not. I'm did not. i not on radio to broadcast me. Uh, I'm on radio to, to lay a foundation. And to set up them for greatness, you know, so that they in turn can walk into a medium and walk into this and do what they need to do. So we always put our young people in a position where they're doing. You know what I mean? And so uh and so and you know, we the key thing in Christianity is being being in the presence of God. But when you leave the presence of God, there's things that have to be done and you want to be prepared and equipped to do them. Uh, our fundraising is, is, is going not exactly great, but it's going. I want to thank the people who uh, melt in donations to us for our, our kids programs or this radio program. Uh, it, it, it helps, you know, defer the cost. Once again, you know, people are always surprised when they come visit our church that we're not a not a big church. We're not a scrapping church. You we know we're like 60 people, 70 people some days. And, uh, but we just believe in getting the word of the Lord out there, evangelism, reaching our youth, reaching our community. And, uh, and that's just the, the thing that's on our heart and it's there. And so, uh, we're coming up halfway through our three deep summer program. Uh, you know, our track team travels to North Dakota this weekend to compete in the regionals uh, against Wisconsin, Nebraska, the Dakotas, and Iowa. And, uh, we'll, hopefully we'll do well. Uh, top four get to go on to the national meet, top four in each event, the national meet in Sacramento, California at the end of the month. And uh and that's just you know, they rotate the meet from west coast, Midwest to East Coast. And West Coast is just so hard. It's just so expensive. And uh, you know, and it's hard on families and you want kids that have an opportunity to display the talent and gift. And uh so fundraising is key. So fill upon your heart to help develop leaders, you know, support the program. Uh, go to www.sotlc.org. That's spirit of Lord Uh S-O-T-L-C. You go there. Of course, there's a PayPal button. There's an address. There's a phone number if you want to contact me. Uh, you know, I'm always available. And so what I want to talk to you today about is uh, – I thank my son for, you know, filling in for me last week. Uh, just schedule, just got real hectic. I had to have a procedure done and it was on my lungs. So it wasn't really worth, uh, what no, it's just a light procedure, just drawing off some fluid, but, uh, it just, it was good for me to rest. But I was thinking about fellowship. You know, I, I'm just so amazed that. um, but let me give you a little background, personal background. Um, I grew up in a southern home, though. I grew up in a northern city, Chicago, Illinois. My mother was southern and all my relatives were southern. And so basically we operate under southern principles, you know, uh, gr- great hospitality, always getting together, you know, always sharing, always fellowshipping, you know, uh, most of the time it happened over alcohol and food. And when you're a little kid, you just got the food. Unless you were real slick and you could steal the alcohol, you know what I mean, which I happened to be slick, so I stole the alcohol. And uh, but my dad owning nightclubs and then taverns and, uh, you know, different spots like that, it was always in the house, you know what I mean? So it was just something that you just had to learn how to do. But the fellowship part was always there. I mean, my parents grew up in Mississippi, so – it was like everybody they went to high school with that moved to Chicago or any family member that came, you know, they would always come by, stop by on holidays. Still that way today, people pit stop through my mom's house on holidays and it's, it becomes a natural gathering point and uh, they fellowship for a little while, stay an hour or so, other cousins neck and, and then move on. And, and so I always grew up in this atmosphere of fellowship, you know, but then outside of the home, you know, outside, you know, in what we refer to as the streets, you know, fellowship was key and important also. You know what I mean? You, 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 we played baseball together. We challenged other, uh, other blocks, you know, to, to different sport games and, and, uh, the people on my block, we just, we threw little parties together. I don't care if we went and got some, like a quarter worth of candy and had little parties on the steps and, and because uh, sometimes we couldn't even go out the yard and we would just do that and hand candy over the fence to each other. And, and I, but it was always fellowship, always getting together, always knowing each other and, and having people you truly call friends. And, and to this day, I still, you know, uh, 50 years later, I still meet, talk to and hang with the people I grew up with in my neighborhood. And I still meet meet the people I went to high school with. You know, we still we still get together and have a little reunion little times and keep up with each other. And and of course, you know, college. I keep up with all of them because uh, fellowship has always been an important thing. And even like say when you was out there in the streets, your fellowship was important because you know one block will fight another block, or one gang will fight another gang, and if someone was gonna have your back. You want to make sure that you had their back. And, and it was a, it was, it was fair exchanges, no robbery. You know, we were committed to one another and, and doing what we did. And so then I come into the kingdom of God. I come into the kingdom. I was 24 years old when I got saved and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the Bible. I'm green. I see all these people going to church with each other twice a week and everything like that. And I thought that fellowship was a key part. And then I found out that fellowship wasn't so much as a key part that even though folks was going to church together, they never took the time to, to get together. You know what I mean? They, you know, you wave and hug in a church foyer and, and do that and, and then move on. And then, you know, I, I really searched for people that I could have fellowship with outside of uh Wednesday night Bible study and outside of, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday school and worship service. And, uh, you know, it, it took a couple months, but I started finding people and I started fellowshipping and and uh, praying together and and it, getting like the book of Acts. You know, when we got together uh, and, you know, we broke bread together and then we studied the apostles doctrine. And uh, needless to say, those guys are still my friends to this day. You know, we've danced at each other's weddings. We've Seen each other's kids born. We prayed and cried through personal tragedies, and uh, you know, but it's a, it's a bond that gets there. And then I come to now where fellowship does not seem to be as important, you know, when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we some some have hurts from church and right, rightfully so, you know, I could think of some times that I've been hurt, you know, by, uh, spiritual leaders or even people within the congregation, but I never used that as fuel to fuel the concept that I was no longer going to fellowship. I was no longer going to go to service on, you know, Wednesdays or Sundays or anything like that, or switch churches or do what anything, anything like that, you know, I uh, I realize people make mistakes. I've made mistakes and I and I move on, you know, but, you know, now we get into a, you know, I, oh, I stay at home and watch TV or I watch the podcast or, you know, me and God have a personal relationship and I don't need, you know, man. And, and when I hear that, I, I kind of cringe, you know, cringe for two reasons. One reason I cringe because I know how important fellowship has been to me, how it is, how it has kept me along the way, uh, how it has rescued me in different situations. And because I am prone to fellowship with people, uh, you know, how that level of commitment that we have one to another just accelerates. The other one is that it's just not biblical. It's not biblical. And when we take, when we try to justify something by taking a non-biblical stance, We just really have nothing to stand on but our own interpretation and our own attitude, our own pride. And that's dangerous ground to be on because then other people see you and they see how you justify it. And because we're in a prosperous nation, it's not like you're going to be ground swallowing up, open up, take your way, lose your job, lose your dog, everything like that. Others take the same position in order to avoid dealing with, with isms in their life, whether they, whether it's as simple as being shy or as complicated as being abused. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we, whatever we do, we have to stay biblical. You know what I mean? I really don't care about conservative or liberal as much as I care about being biblical. And, you know, and I want to read something to you out of, out of first John, uh, first John chapter one, verse five. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin, right? But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, God commands us to come together. God God says the demonstration of, of the truly that Jesus came in the flesh is the way we treat each other is what we do with each other. If we don't want to be around each other, how do we expect somebody else that wants to be around us? You know, I mean, that's what we have to look at. You know, if I don't want to be around you, I don't expect anybody else going to want to be around you. You know, how am I going to do my mission to tell the lost that they need to get saved, that they need to come into oneness with, with the Lord Jesus Christ? They need to walk in the light, you know, when I don't even want to walk with you. Yeah, I mean, I and so my demonstration doesn't show that, that God can truly heal everything. God can truly reconcile everything because obviously he has not healed my relationship with the body of Christ nor reconciled my relationship back to the body of Christ. And so we have to be careful in some of the things that we do when we take a non-biblical stance and try to act like it's biblical. You know, we are to fellowship one with another. Now, that doesn't always mean church. I'm not saying church. Church is not the cure-all. You know what I mean? I'm a man, and church gets on my last nerve sometimes. But it does mean we need to come together, and we do need to make a demonstrated effort to show the world that we have been reconciled and that the power of God is active in our life. How do we get past um, our desire to stay home? How do we get past our frustration, and ugliness with the saints of God. You know, we're coming up on a break. And after the break, I'm going to share with you another personal story. uh, How When I had fell into this rut, God delivered me out of it in the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. All right, God bless. Take care. And we come back after the break. It's an all-star lineup each morning here on AM 980, The Mission. John MacArthur of Grace to You is up at bat at 9, followed by Dr. David Jeremiah. Stepping up to the plate at 10 is Les Feldick of Through the Bible and Jack Hibbs with Real Radio. From the ballpark downtown to the smallest sandlot in Minnesota, we deliver Bible-based teaching with renowned doctors and preachers every day. We are AM 980, The Mission. I feel unhappy. I feel so sad. I have lost the best friend. Welcome back. This is Isaiah sixty-one, the Radio Ministry of Spirit of Lord Church, located in North Minneapolis. Man, North Minneapolis was sound like a war zone last night with all them fireworks going off, and I don't think it stopped till about one thirty in the morning. I was like, "Golly!" can a brother get some sleep (laughs) sitting around watching my grandkids eat so much and uh, I don't really eat as much as I used to, but you're watching my kids eat and uh, it was good seeing them have a good time yesterday and, and uh, you know, just enjoying each other's family and getting together. And I hope you had a good time this week and this weekend, you know, getting together as family. Uh, As I said, you know, our family will continue our journey uh, to North Dakota (laughs) Uh, going to track meet where the grandkids are running in there. And so me and my wife and son and everybody would go down there and kind of support and, and shelter. them. they're just happy to be staying in a the hotel. They don't know no left from right. They go there anyway. But back to, to, as as my friend would say, church hurt. You know what I mean? You call it church hurt. You know what I mean? When you got hurt and you don't want to fellowship, you don't want to be around them, can't stand them. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, you, it's, you can point every hypocrisy, of course, in them, but not necessarily in you. And uh and so I was a chaplain in Houston, Texas. And I was a chaplain in juvenile detention. And I chaplained uh one home in particular, a permanent place home. And I I went around to churches asking them for help with uh you know, with volunteers or money and stuff like that to and, and our budget wasn't that big. We just, you know, we just rented a, a, a G video once a month, and we had printing costs to print to print up uh, worksheets for the guys to, to do and Bible verses and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so there wasn't no salary involved or anything like that. And I had the hardest of time uh, getting money out of churches, wait till my mission budget, come back next year, make a presentation. You probably get turned down the first year, but, you know, you come back second year. And I'm like, I think I needed $300 a month, you know, wasn't much. Uh, and I did have to raise my own support there, but I did not include this with the, the chaplaincy work. You know what I mean? I, I, that was with my uh, neighborhood ministry work, my urban urban development work, and, and that was something different to me. And uh, I remember sitting down with this one guy and this church had turned me down. And he said, oh, we turned you down this year. And it was a request for $30 a month. And uh, and I know that this pastor was part owner in six McDonald's. I know on Pastor Appreciation Day the year before, they had raised $150,000 in one day for this guy. And I just knew if his church wasn't going to give me the $30 a month, he would give me the $30 a month. His whole prison ministry, ministry staff at his church were up under me and I was training him. And he said, well, Joe, next year I'll make sure it go through. I walked out of there hot. I was heated, right? I was like, $30, he probably spends that in coffee. I was just like, you know, I just was like, man, these folks get on my last nerve. Then I went to my own church, and I tried to get some people to volunteer. I don't want to miss church, because it was Sunday. We had to do a service at the home, because the kids couldn't leave the home. And and uh, I don't want to miss church. Church is important to me. And, uh, and I'm watching them just, you know, it's Pentecostal church, knocking over chairs, falling all out you know, getting prophetic words. And I'm like, but but you don't want to answer the call to the harvest? Man, I was getting, oh, man. I, I, and after about the third church, I was done. I was done. Yeah, I was like, I'm through. I was like, I don't need none of y'all. And I was like, I get it done myself, right? And, and, and I remember not wanting to go to church, not wanting to be around them, not wanting to hear them talk, and uh, and so because I was a chaplain, I took on another site so I wouldn't be at church. And my pastor never questioned me because he knew where I was. He knew I was I was preaching. So, you know, I went to, I was preaching like five to six times. Every Sunday. And so I didn't But church would be over by the time I got out. And but I didn't want to go anyway. You know, I normally would make church, but I just didn't want to go. And uh, and so. I was in this state of mind, you know, thinking I'm doing well. You know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. I'm reading Psalms and Proverbs every day. You know, I'm praying. I'm in two prayer groups. I'm going, you know, I still went to Bible study, even though I didn't go to church, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing well, right? And I'm sitting up in the Metrodome, I mean, Astrodome, not Mr. Astrodome, in Houston, Texas, watching a high school football game. It was it was a little jamboree day because it was a school was out. So they had like three teams playing and I went there to support uh, some of the guys that were playing football that were in my that were in my Bible study a discipleship group. And I'm sitting up there uh, reading my Bible, taking notes, you know, taking notes, you know, as as to what I was going to going, going share, what was important to me when uh, a friend of mine called me. And and had the night before and had told me about a friend of mine who had just walked away from the Lord. And I just say, how can you walk away from the Lord? And she said, well, it started when he just quit wanting to be around Christians. <laughs> and that was haunting me. Right. Because I didn't want to be around Christians. And I said, up in that thing. And, and, and God spoke to me in the, in, the, in the astrodome. And he said, he said. How are you winning people into the kingdom? when you don't even want to be in the kingdom yourself. And that hit me and that hit me. I never abandoned my mission of winning folks into the kingdom. Discipleship and evangelism. One-on-one is important to me. I do it almost every week. I'm trying to witness to somebody, but how can I bring somebody into something that I didn't want to be a part of? Man, I forgave my brothers and sisters. I forgave them. It's like a light went on in my life. And ever since then, I forsake not semblance of myself. I don't care how sick I am. I don't care what city I'm in. I don't care if I'm on vacation. I find some place I can fellowship with the saints of God. I don't care about denomination. I don't care anything. I just all care about one thing, being in their presence and enjoying the one thing that keeps us in common that we walk in the light together and we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Please find a place to fellowship in Jesus name. Amen.